Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Joshua. Hey there, faithful listeners, welcome to the very last episode of the book of Joshua. We are going to be moving into Judges on Monday. So that's going to be really exciting as we move into my favorite book of the Bible. And you guys might be like, Jen, why is Judges your favorite book of the Bible? Well, you're going to find out. You're going to find out starting on Monday why I enjoy the book of Judges so much. But anyway, let's go ahead and read Joshua 24. We're going to talk about the death of Joshua today, as well as the Israelites covenant with Yahweh. So I'm going to be reading this out of the W.E.B. as I usually do. Grab your favorite version of the Bible and also your cup of seven weeks coffee, which is the coffee that supports unborn babies. So if you like babies, check out seven weeks coffee linked in the description. But okay, let's go ahead and read Joshua chapter 24 verses 15 through 33 this morning. Let's enjoy reading the last portion of Joshua together. If it seems evil to you to serve Yahweh, choose today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve Yahweh. The people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake Yahweh to serve other gods. For it is Yahweh our God who brought us and our fathers out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, and who did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way in which we went and among all the peoples through the middle of whom we passed. Yahweh drove out from before us all the peoples, even the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore we also will serve Yahweh, for he is our God. Joshua said to the people, You can't serve Yahweh, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your disobedience nor your sins. If you forsake Yahweh and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you evil and consume you after he has done you good. The people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve Yahweh. Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves, that you have chosen Yahweh yourselves to serve him. They said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, put away the foreign gods which are among you, and incline your heart to Yahweh, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, We will serve Yahweh, our God, and we will listen to his voice. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and made for them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a great stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of Yahweh. Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness against us, for it has heard all Yahweh's words which he spoke to us. It shall be therefore a witness against you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua sent the people away, each to his own inheritance. After these things, Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of Yahweh, died, being 110 years old. They buried him in the border of his inheritance in timnath Sarah, which was in the hill country of Ephraim on the north of the mountain of Gash. Israel served Yahweh all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua and had known all the work of Yahweh that he had worked for Israel. They buried the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought out of Egypt in Shechem in the parcel of ground which Jacob brought from the sons of Hamer, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver. They became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. Eliezer, the son of Aaron, died. They buried him in the hill country of Phinehas, his son, which was given him in the hill country of Ephraim. So you may notice that I reread verse 15, if you were following along 
when we talked about this on Wednesday also. So Joshua says to the people, if it seems evil to you to serve Yahweh, choose today whom you will serve. Now, the word evil, I think nowadays we we think of it as like a moral wrong or something that is just super wicked. But the word evil actually has multiple definitions. And I know this because I looked it up. (laughs) And uh, the word evil can also mean um, just something that's not good, basically. So if you think something's not good, it could also be evil. It's kind of like an old fashioned way of saying it. So basically, Joshua is saying, if it seems not good to you to serve Yahweh, choose today whom you will serve. Because everybody serves something or someone. We were created to serve. People always will serve something. The big one nowadays that people serve a lot is self. Everything's about like pride and self-pleasing and just the self in general. How one feels. That's the big one that people serve nowadays. But everybody serves something. So Joshua is telling the people to choose today who they are going to serve whether they're going to serve the gods of the Amorites, where the people currently live and like God actually, you know, got rid of the Amorites because they were serving those gods, those little G gods, whether they're going to serve the Amorite gods, whether they're going to serve the gods of Egypt, who God like sent plagues to. And by the way, each and every individual plague that God sent on Egypt was attacking a different God that they served. For example, the frog God, that the Egyptians would worship. I'm, I'm very sorry, I forget the name of each of the gods, but the frog god, God attacked that particular god that the Egyptians worshiped by sending a plague of frogs, basically, showing the Egyptians that praying to frogs is never ever going to help them, basically. And then God attacked the goddess of health, which was Isis, I do remember that one, <laughs> by sending the boils on the people, showing that no matter how much the people of Egypt pray to Isis to remove these boils, it wasn't going to work because Isis was a made-up goddess and the frog god was a made-up god. Yahweh was the only real god. And actually, many, many Egyptian people came to faith in Yahweh because of the plagues that God was sending to Egypt. And that's why we see that many, many Egyptians actually left with the Israelites as well and kind of integrated themselves into the Israelite nation. But anyway, Joshua tells the people, are you going to serve the gods that you used to serve back in Egypt? Or are you going to serve Yahweh, the real God and only God? And Joshua says, for me, I'm going to serve Yahweh because I know for sure that he is God. So the people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake Yahweh to serve other gods. So they're like, no way. We are not going to forsake Yahweh to serve other gods. For it is Yahweh, our God, who brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt. So it's very likely, actually, that some of the people answering Joshua here may have remembered the flight from Egypt because a lot of them could have been children at that point in time and remembered the plagues, remembered... um, you know, leaving Egypt with their their family members. And so they say, no, we remember what happened to our fathers and our mothers in Egypt. And we're going to serve Yahweh because we know for sure that Yahweh is the true God. We remember that his promises have been given to us 
and how Yahweh drove out all the people before us, even the Amorites who lived here in the land. So therefore, we will serve Yahweh for he is our God. I've actually noticed consistently in scripture that when people say our God or my God, they are typically more dedicated to Yahweh than people who are like, we will worship your God. So for example, when Moses was still alive with the people in the wilderness, you can see that the people in the wilderness often went up to Moses and were like, go speak to your God or we will serve your God, Moses. But they never called Yahweh their God. They never like took ownership of it. So you can sort of see the level of dedication people have in scripture, whether or not they call Yahweh their God or somebody else's God. Does that make sense? But I've seen this consistently so far in scripture. The level of dedication a person has is d directly related to whether or not they take ownership of God being their God. But anyway, so they said, we're, we're definitely going to worship our God. He is ours. So Joshua said to the people in verse 19, you can't serve Yahweh for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your disobedience nor your sins. Now, you guys might be asking, well, you know, God is forgiving. God is loving. So why would Joshua say this, that God would not forgive the disobedience or the sins of the people when God does forgive disobedience and sins? Personally, I think what Joshua is really saying here is not that God can't forgive sins or God won't forgive sins, but that God is never, ever tolerant of a person who says, I will worship you, God, but then goes off and worships another God. Because if you make a vow with God saying you're going to worship God, you need to keep that vow. That is very, very important. That is why baptism is not something you do willy nilly. Because in a sense, baptism is kind of like a vow. You are openly professing to be a Christian. You are openly professing that you will, in fact, worship God and that Jesus has saved you from your sins. So if a person gets baptized and makes that vow of Christianity and then sometime later begins worshiping something else on top of worshiping God, God does not like that. And he is not tolerant of that. Now, we do know God is very slow to get angry and he often like gives warning after warning after warning before he, you know, acts in judgment against somebody. But Joshua is telling the people here, you cannot do any halvesies here. Either you worship God completely or you don't worship God. There can be no in-between. You have to choose a side. Serve Yahweh. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. And we know that God is jealous because God's name is jealous. He actually said that to Moses. He said, Moses, I love my people. I am jealous for them. In fact, my name is jealous. <laughs> so God is jealous. He's jealous for us because he loves us. He wants us to be his, especially if we say we are going to be his, just like a, a marriage vow. You know, we do our vows when we get married. We, we tell our spouse like, hey, I am going to love you for the rest of your life. And that's a vow that we make when we enter into marriage. 
But if we enter into marriage and we're not like fully committed and we're like, hmm, that person over there is pretty good looking. I know that guy is not my husband, but hey, I mean, pretty hot. I don't think our, our <laughs> I don't think our spouse would be very happy with that. In marriage, you're either all in or you're not in. And if you're not in, your marriage is not ever going to work. And that's what Joshua is saying to the people here. Love God fully. Don't serve two masters. In fact, Jesus said that in the New Testament. He says, you cannot serve two masters. And going back to the big thing that people serve nowadays, which is self, you certainly cannot serve self and also serve God. It's just not possible because Jesus tells us to deny ourselves. Now, this doesn't mean that Christians can't have fun. And if I'm being honest, I, <laughs> I've had more fun recently since I've actually dedicated myself to God than I ever have in my life. I was a pretty miserable person. Like I was just very depressed all the time and pretty joyless because I was always like just looking for the next thing that's going to make me happy. But in some ways, I realized that that's a very lifeless existence. It's so much better to have like a purpose in life, something that you know is going to be beneficial to other people. So when I dedicated myself to God and started serving more at my church, that was when I realized, wow, like this is so much more fun than going shopping or playing video games or reading manga or whatever else I like to do. This is so much more fun because you can see the people that it helps. And there's something just so purposeful about that. But my point with all that was that you can't serve yourself and also serve God at the same time. It just doesn't, it doesn't work out because the self is always anti-God, <laughs> if that makes sense. The self is always trying to do something that uh, is not in God's will for you, basically. But anyway, going back to the story here, Joshua tells the people to serve God and serve God completely with everything they have. So they say they will. So Joshua sets up this stone, this big stone that was a witness. It says the stone is going to be a witness against you for it has heard all of Yahweh's words, which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness lest you deny your God. So this big giant monument, basically a stone is set up nearby where the tent of meeting was. And Joshua basically tells people like, look, this stone heard everything. This stone saw everything. And so every time you pass it, you need to remember your dedication to Yahweh and what you said that you would worship Yahweh completely. So after these things, it says Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Yahweh died. Isn't that nice? That's, that's a nice title. Servant of Yahweh. A very good thing to have on a tombstone, isn't it? So Joshua, the servant of Yahweh, dies being 110 years old, and they buried him in his inheritance. And it says that Israel actually served Yahweh all the days of Joshua. So that's what a good leader does. A good leader influences people. And Joshua was that good leader that influenced the people to worship God for basically Joshua's entire life. And what's even better is the elders 
who outlived Joshua, also helped the people serve God for that entire time period. And it says that the reason, though, that they served God was because they remembered all the works of Yahweh and how he had worked for Israel. They had like tangible, palpable truth that God was real and God was with them. And so they remembered all that stuff and they worshiped God because of all the works God had done for Israel. So then in verse 32, they buried the bones of Joseph. This was this is something that's kind of like thrown in there, but it's actually very important because Joseph 400, 500 years before this had told the people that when they go out of Egypt and enter into the promised land, that they should take his bones with them and bury the bones in the promised land. And that was kind of like Joseph's faith that even though Joseph was not going to see the promised land, he believed that future generations from him would experience the promised land and be able to carry his bones out of Egypt. So the prophecy of Joseph finally comes to fruition, basically. And then it also says that Eliezer, the son of Aaron, died. So he was the second high priest after Aaron. And it says that they also buried him. And then Phineas, which you've heard that name before, Phineas, his son, became the next high priest, the third high priest of Israel. And that is the end of the book of Joshua. Alrighty, faithful listeners, well, I hope you enjoyed the book of Joshua. And also a fun fact, we just finished the book of John on the New Testament side of stuff. So on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I do an Old Testament episode. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do a New Testament episode. And it's just kind of funny that uh, it lined up that we finished the book of John and the book of Joshua basically at the same time. And what's super cool is that we're going to be moving into the book of Judges on Monday And we're also just now in the book of Acts over on the New Testament side of the podcast. And those two books kind of mirror each other in a weird way, where the book of Judges is talking about the early Israelite faith, and the book of Acts is talking about the early Christian faith, basically. So that's going to be really cool to uh, go back and forth between Judges and Acts in the next following weeks and months. Anyway, guys, I hope to see you on Monday where we're going to discuss the very first chapter of Judges. But until then, have a fantastic and beautiful weekend. Happy listening and God 